Hey, y'all ready for the word, church? That's why we're here. We're going to worship, and we're going to go right into the word. And uh, I just want you to know that the word, as it goes forth, it never goes forth without a purpose. It goes forth with great purpose. You guys came in here maybe thinking about some of the stuff that happened in the past week, maybe thinking about some of the stuff that's coming up this week. But, man, when you walk out of here, you will have hope. You will always have hope because Jesus is going to be proclaimed to you today. Amen? We're going to learn about the purpose of God. I'll share with you the story behind that. Uh, Anybody ever wonder what the purpose of God was? Well, the answer is always found in Scripture. You're going to see it this morning. And I look forward to uh, to people being set free this morning. Amen? <clears throat> There's a couple of versions of the gospel that are out there. Um, the gospel is the good news. Yes? Do you believe that, church? It is the good news. And uh, it's not something that you're going to come here to this church ever and, and feel like you're not doing enough when you leave. You're not going to come to this church and be beat down because of what you're not doing. You're not going to come to this church and be and, and, and be made to feel guilt and 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 uh, condemnation because that's not supposed to come from the pulpit. <clears throat> I need a pulpit. You know, I always say that the pulpit can either pull people out of a pit or pull people into a pit. Amen. Depends on where you go. When you come here, you're going to be pulled out of the pit every single time, even on the Sabbath. Which would have been yesterday. We're just keeping it real. Hey, let's pray and then we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you for your word. It's true. It's always true. It's always powerful. Thank you, Father, for teaching us, opening our eyes to see even more of Jesus. The whole word of God is about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Always has been, always will be. And we have life when we find Jesus in you. Thank you for giving people life this morning in Jesus name. Amen. <clears throat> so we're going to go right in the Jude. Jude. This always is tricky because in the youth they're like what chapter? I'm like, I don't know, chapter 1. Well, what do you call it? Chapter 1 is only one chapter. It used to be my favorite book in the Bible when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I read a book. <laughs> Doesn't matter what's in it. I don't know what it said, but I read it, right? Because I was checking boxes. Boy, anybody check boxes when you were growing up? My youth pastor told me I should read the Bible more. That's why bad things happen in my life. (laughs) Please don't ever tell anybody that, ever tell anybody that. (laughs) Bad things happen in this world because this world's evil. We're in it, but we're not of it. And the moment you switch that focus from being uh, carnal-minded, world-minded, natural, we don't think in the natural, man. Where do we think, church? Supernatural. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That's why we can speak the way we speak. And things can happen around us. doesn't mean it's for us. It's not for me. You don't have to accept all that nonsense. Your peace is found in the Lord. In fact, we have it already. The Bible says you have the peace of God. Right? Don't let anybody try to snatch that away from you with religion by telling you the reason bad things happen is this world's evil. You can stop right there, bro. I'll save your breath. Amen? Or girl, whatever you want to say. Sir, sir, ma'am. Beloved. Hey, man. Beloved is you. That's the church. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, 
Our common salvation here is 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 the gospel. We we all share a common uh, salvation. Amen. Uh, you can go to any church in this world. They believe in Jesus. If they if they said with their mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart. God raised him from the dead. We share a common salvation. Doesn't matter what church you go to. OK, <clears throat> I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend. Say contend. Contend earnestly. Say earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. The faith, anytime you see the faith in the New Testament, it is referring to justification by faith. In other words, you were made righteous by Jesus. Not by what you do, not by what you've done, not by what you're going to do, by what Jesus did. You are made righteous. You are justified in the eyes of God. If you have to, if you're worried about getting to heaven and seeing your sin on a big screen, it ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know why? Sin's been paid for. Sin was put on a cross, not a big screen. Bam! I love when stuff like that happens, man. That's good stuff. Amen? Let me show you something in Philippians just to prove the point, okay? Don't let me, don't, don't take my word for it. Let Scripture do it. Amen? Don't ever take my word for it. That's my wife. Look. Go and study the word. That's why you got the scriptures on the back. You might find more stuff in there. Don't ever take anybody's. Don't even take a commentator's. He's a commentator. He's a man. He's a man. This is the word of God. The original Greek. The original Hebrew. God breathed. Go find it. Don't just take my word for it. But since you came to church, I'm going to show you something. (laughs) Yet indeed, I also count all things lost. This is Paul speaking for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Now, see, people will say that Paul lost everything. He gave it all up for the Lord. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that he had all this religious stuff. He he had all this stuff in mind, religious wise. He gave all that up. It's not saying go sell your car, go sell your dog. Give all your money away to the poor. It's not saying that. God will teach you that stuff on the inside. God will never, ever, ever take something or ask you to give something without replenishing it 120%. That's what he does. The more you give, the more you get. And, and that's heaven math, right? The more you give, if you give more love, you will, not that you get it, but you'll see it. You'll see it. If you give of your finances, not that you're going to lose anything, you'll see it. You'll see God come behind and bless you. And bless you and bless you. And it's not because you're giving. It's even your weak little faith. When your faith is weak, his is not. And he'll use that little bit of faith to bless you beyond measure. That's why he says, test me. Let me show you. Let me show you. All right. So Paul didn't lose like his car or his donkey. Okay. He all the religious stuff that he had. How many of you guys grew up with religion? All in your head, thinking you had to do this. Every time the door's open, you got to be there, right? Uh, you got to confess your sin every single day. Before, you, If you could, don't confess your sin before you eat the, the cracker, you could die. Anybody hear that, right? Uh, you, you could die. You could leave the church today if you got one unconfessed sin and you get in an accident and you're going to hell. Anybody hear that one? All kinds of religious stuff, man. Paul used to preach that. I used to preach that. But that's negating what Jesus did. 
Either Jesus paid for all your sin or none. If there was one sin that was not paid for, he would not have risen from the dead. Bruce warned me not to do that before church service. He goes, now listen, I put a box of tissue up there. Don't throw it or kick it. (laughs) So, and I count them as rubbish, rubbish, right? That I may gain Christ and be found in him. Now, he's not talking about worldly things. He's talking about religion, church. Never saw it taught this way before. He's talking about he gave up all the religious stuff that he may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That, that's what we have, church. We have righteousness and justification by faith through Jesus. That's it. Paul saying, man, I threw away all that religious stuff. I am justified by faith. That's who he is. That's who we are. You see it right there, right? You want to see something else? Check this out. The whole gospel. This is, this is also Paul, Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, think about this. Why would Paul even have to say that? Just stop right there. Why would Paul even have to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ? Because religion was coming in and telling them, that's not true. You still have to keep the law in order to be blessed. You still have to keep the law and and beg for forgiveness every time you sin, or you could die and go to hell. You could lose your salvation. You're saying that what you're saying that sin is greater than your savior. That doesn't make any sense. And sometimes it takes us to get knocked upside the head by the Holy Spirit with love. Well, hey man, that's not who my God is. That's not who our Father is. He doesn't operate like that. Why would he put his son through all that if he was going to keep some sin back to hold against you? That's not a good father. We got homes for fathers like that in America. That's that's not a good representation of our father in heaven. Amen. So he says, man, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For in Greek means because. Because it is the power of God to salvation. The good news is the power of God to salvation. The word salvation there means means health. It means prosperity. I'm sorry, church. Yes, I said it. The Bible says it. Look it up. It, it, I'm not saying that God's going to bless you with a thousand million, five hundred billion. Look, that doesn't matter. That's not what it's saying. That the, the, God can prosper you in many ways, church. If you think money is the only way God prospers you, you got a problem. And I mean that in a loving way. I'm not trying to condemn you. You understand what I'm saying? Some people say, oh, you teach the prosperity gospel. Listen, there's only one gospel. Only one gospel. That word salvation is much more than just the forgiveness of sins. Look it up. Okay? You got some homework. Beautiful. Oh, and it's not just for the church. It's not just for the Jewish people. Paul's saying, it's for everyone who believes. Do you believe, church? If you believe, listen, for for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it, in the gospel, in the good news, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it's written, the just shall live by faith. You know what's in the gospel? The righteousness of God. Not your righteousness, the righteousness of God, which is a gift. 
That's why it's good news. You could never be righteous on your own. The Jewish people couldn't do it. Not one single one of them kept the law completely. Only one person can come down here who was sinless, who knew no sin, did no sin, in him was no sin. Three times it says that in the Bible. That's Jesus. He's the only one that could keep the law fully. No one could do it. And so that's what I'm saying, man. Our righteousness is from God. It's from God. You cannot earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift to be received. And the more you, you push that away, that, that righteousness by faith, the more you push that away, the, the more you're saying, hey, what Jesus did was not good enough for me. No, seriously, that's what you're saying. Don't, I mean, just think about it. Strip everything away. Think about what you're saying. Did Jesus die on the cross? Did he die for sin? Did he completely obliterate sin? Does God see sin on you anymore? No, the Bible says that, right? I'll never, the Bible says, I, God, his own word, I will never remember your transgressions again. So if God has not seen your transgressions, why are you? Let it go. Let it go. Say, thank you, Lord. That's all we can say. See, Satan wants you to focus on your failure. He wants you to focus on your sin so that you can, anytime you look within, man, you're going to see gory, right? You're going to see the, you're going to be depressed. But when you look up, you see glory. That's our t-shirt section over here, boy. I'm going to show it to be t-shirts all over the wall. More important than wearing it, though, is, is knowing it, believing it. Amen? All joking aside, believe that. Believe the word of God. Oh, so back to Jew. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. He's saying, hey, stand fast in the faith, the righteousness by faith. Stand in that because the world's going to come at you. It's going to come at you. It's going to say, no, nope, you still got to do this. You still got to do this. And, and even you, your past can come at you, man. If you grew up in a specific religion that starts with a C and ends with an athlete, I'm not going to say it. I'm not banging on it. But you, hey, listen, honestly, I grew up in a Baptist church. You can grow up in a Baptist church. You can grow up in a Methodist church. You can still get religion. You can still get religion. Can't you? Sometimes people like to say Catholics have all this stuff. Man, Baptists have all that stuff. Methodists have all that stuff. Did I, did I pull myself out of it? Chris said that she's going to get me a Pope bobblehead for my car. Didn't you? I said, she goes, would you? I said, heck yeah, I put that in my car. Who would put a Pope bobblehead in their car, boy? I'm all about that. But seriously, guys, hey, he's saying, man, get rid of religion. Get rid of it, man. Get rid of it. You are justified by faith. Ju you are justified. Not you will be. You are. Right now, where you sit in Christ, you are justified before God's eyes. Made righteous. And your righteousness is not like the righteousness that came through Adam, the law, and Moses. It's, it's righteousness that comes from Jesus. That's it, man. That's the bottom, bottom line. So when you teach the gospel of grace, which we do, uh, some people will say you are compromising with sinners. 
you're giving them grace, you're, you're just making little of sin. No, we always say we're making what? Much of Jesus, right? Because where sin abounds, grace superabounds. Amen? That's what the Bible says. So let's just take a look at Jesus. He's a good one to look at. And when the scribes and the Pharisees, religious people, keepers of the law, when those people saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, they didn't say it to him. Yeah, they were like walking around all big and bad, boy. But they're like, hey, man. Hey, and that's true today, guys. People won't come to Pastor Dwayne or I, other pastors that are, they'll, they'll go where? Other people. Hey, your pastor, your church, they preach this prosperity. Grace, 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 grace. God's grace, God's grace, God's grace. Oh, yeah. Oh, you preach about this grace, 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 grace. I'm like, I'm surprised you don't get it yet. Um, anyway, uh, so they went to his disciples. How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? How could Jesus eat with sinners? How could you have lunch with a sinner? How, how could you hang around, uh, gay people? I've been asked that before. I got friends that are gay. People are like, hey, aren't you a pastor? <laughs> aren't you a male? What does that mean? How else are they going to know? Jesus got it. What would they do if Jesus didn't go to sinners, if he hung out with religious people? How would the world change? Wouldn't. Let that be a lesson for us, amen? I'm not not saying go and buy the gay guy to dinner. I'm just saying, look, if it's there, if if somebody's there, don't, don't shun them. Don't judge them. Good Lord. We, we don't want to be judged by what we've done. How, we wouldn't know that we were sinners if somebody didn't share it with us. Yes. Listen, how can he eat with them when Jesus heard it? Because, you know, you can't sneak anything by Jesus, right? <laughs> when Jesus heard it, he said to them, he said to them, the Pharisees, the religious people, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, in the original, the word to repentance is not there. That's added by man. Because religion says you've got to repent. <laughs> it's not even there. And by the way, repentance is not confessing sin. It's changing your mind. Metanoia. Two words. Amen? So so the word to repentance isn't even there. That's added. That's what men do, right? So, Or women. They, they could be. Is there a woman monk back in the day? No? Okay, anyway, back to scripture. Uh, oh, by the way, I did not call come to call the righteous. That's a play on words. Because How many righteous people were there in that room? How about in the world? Just one. Yeah, he was the only one in there, man. So that's a play on words. So I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Love that about my Lord, man. He cares for people. Lost people, too. Here's another story, Luke 7. And behold, a woman in the city was, she was a, who was a sinner. There it is right there in the Bible. Women are sinners. 
Yeah, that was a joke, baby. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. And she knew she was a sinner. Did she let the Pharisee's house stop her from going to her Savior? She knew something about Jesus that, that religion couldn't open their eyes to see. She knew something about it. Maybe she heard something about it. And she went in there. And you notice you can see the condemnation and the guilt behind this woman because she, she was behind Jesus doing this. I love that, man. It's a beautiful picture. Now when the Pharisee, religious guy, who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. To himself. He spoke to himself. Spoke to himself. Anybody speak to yourself? <laughs> this man, if he were a prophet, mistake, red flag. If he were a prophet, would know, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. Now, in the original Greek, it says she is a great sinner. See what religion does? There's religious people out there today. In this world, man, telling people, man, you can't come up in here until you get right. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially the message they're giving. It's backwards. They'll never get right. They need to know who made them right. They need to know who made them right, who made them righteous, who made them justified in the sight of God. They need to know that. And if we kick them out and not let them come in, we're just like this Pharisee. If you knew what manner of sin this person has, does Jesus... Does Jesus care? Does Jesus know she's a sinner? Um, I, I, if you read the rest of the story, you can put your notes, but go back and read the rest of it. Jesus talks his language, talks money, talks his language. about. And, and I love the fact that at the end, he, he lifts up the woman and says, woman, your sins are forgiven. You know why? Because she had faith. She busted through religion door to get to Jesus. Love that. Uh, back to Jude. Beloved, while I was diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, righteousness by faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord. The word God is not there in the original, but Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, growing up, I thought that was a grace preacher. Those grace preachers are going to come in and they're going to pervert the, the gospel. They're going to come in, man. These, these grace preachers, they're going to come in and where does it say it? They're going to turn the grace of our Lord into lewdness. In other words, I'm going to give you a license to go sin and sin as much as you want. Right? Have you guys heard that? Did you believe that growing up? Those grace preachers on TV. Those ones that go, God. They got that white towel. I'm going to need one of them white towels. See, you know what I'm talking about? 
And God said, there are two roads. One is wide. One is narrow. Just to let you know I can preach. <laughs> okay. Hey, but look, I want you to see this. This is very important. If we keep it in context, see, Satan has turned it around. He's turned around. It says, turn the grace of our God. Turn. Look at the word turn. It's a word in the Greek where we get our word meta. What, what do you think we get our word from that? What word do we get? English word. Metamorphosis, right? Turn. So look, to transpose, uh, to transfer, to change, to go or pass over, uh, to fall away, to desert. What it's saying is, remember the verse, grace, right? So you're transposing grace. You're changing grace. You are passing over grace, right? You're falling away from grace. You're deserting grace. That's what it means. It means that you are you're counting the, the grace of God nada. It's the exact opposite. Satan comes in and tries to act like a light, but he's not. He's not. He's an accuser. Satan does not want the grace message going out. He's attacked it like crazy. Why do you think it's that? People should be happy people come to church. People should be happy people are getting healed. People should be happy that people have money. What's wrong with that? No, yeah, yeah you, it's that prosperity stuff. That's that. Yeah, you're just saying everybody gets healed. I know people that didn't get healed. And bro, the way you going, <laughs> right? Hey, I don't want you laying hands on me. I don't want to lay my hands on you. But you see that you, you got to understand that the, the Greek and the Hebrew is the original version of God. The, the, the NIV, the, the the New King James, and all that stuff, man, that is man stuff added in there. But but the original Holy Spirit breathed version of God is Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. And that's why this the, 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 your youth. I love the youth, man. The youth. Well, that we all have our phones with the app that has that, and and they're looking at words in Greek and Hebrew. How many youth groups do that? That you went to growing up. Granted, it's a lot easier today. You just have to press. There wasn't nobody whipping out a book back in the day. But even today, how many people do that? How many people look at what the Greek and the Hebrew words mean? Because it's important. Amen? So, so these people are coming in. Ungodly men ungodly men there's people standing on pulpits today that are ungodly you know why they they know god they know him they know the word of god they they could they could quote scripture like crazy they know the word of god but they don't know the father they don't know the author of the word of god they don't know the one who wrote the book they can tell you the book they don't know who wrote it they don't see his heart his heart of love for people crept in like ninjas. You like that, Billy, don't you? Bob, do your ninja stand for it. He's like, man, my back. Check this out. How do you deny Jesus? By the way, when, when we're preaching this message of grace, when he's preaching, I'm preaching this message of grace and hope and love, 
Because it's a person to us. When we're preaching that, do you feel like you've denied Jesus? Do you feel like you don't picture Jesus in your mind? Are you conscious of Jesus right now? Yeah, so that's a lie when they tell you the grace message denies Jesus. I ain't denying Jesus. I've never denied Jesus. You want to ask yourself, how do you deny Jesus? How do you deny it? Well, the answer is in the Bible. Check this out. Galatians chapter 5. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You've been cut off from Christ. Is that a good place to be? No, it's a horrible place to be. Well, how do you get there? You who attempt to be justified, made righteous by the law. You have fallen from grace. That's how you deny Jesus. You try to go back to being justified by what you do. You're like, God, I got this. I don't need Jesus. Judge me based on what I do because I can do it. That's what you're saying. So how do you deny Jesus? By going back to the law. In fact, the Bible says the power of sin is in the law. The more you focus on the law, the more that power of sin grows. What happens if you take away the law according to that verse? The power of sin is gone. Amen? And see, don't let Satan twist that around, man. God made it simple. Simple. But religion jacks it up. Uh, Look at this. Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. What does that mean? That means that the only gospel, according to Paul, is what? The grace of Christ. Can't we see that, guys? See, the problem here is, is there, was, there was guys, religious guys, coming back into the church. They were saying, look, what everything Paul said is, is good and everything, but you still got to keep the law. Paul's like, man, I am stunned that you guys are going back to that. Isn't it plain as day right there? You go back and read that one, too. Read that chapter. It'll blow your mind when you think about it from that perspective. Crazy. So, Grace is great, but what about the whole counsel of God? You got to teach the whole counsel of God. You just can't preach grace. You just can't preach law. You got to preach it all. You got to preach everything. Can't just go, God is love, God is love, God is love. Grace, God is love. You got to preach all of it. You got to preach the harsh demands of it. So we ask ourselves in youth Wednesday night, what? What is the whole counsel of God? One of our youth looked it up. What the Greek word is for it. I'm going to show you that in a second. It'll blow your mind. But but let me show you where it's found. It's found in Scripture. They get it from Scripture because Paul said this. It's found in Acts chapter 20, verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. I'm preaching everything to you. The whole counsel of God. And pastors will use that one verse. Go see, you just can't preach grace. You just can't preach love. You got to preach repentance. You got you to preach holiness. Listen, you are as holy as you will ever be. And don't let anybody tell you different. You are holy as you will ever be because you have Jesus in you. You're not going to get, is Jesus getting more holier? No, the Bible says he's in you. In fact, the Bible says Christ is our holiness. He is our holiness. Amen? You you can't get any more holy. Stop trying. It ain't going to work. 
You can't be any more righteous. Because you have Christ in you who, the Bible says, is your righteousness. Amen? So, what's the, the, the whole counsel of God? You see this verse 27? How many of you guys know that verse 24 comes before verse 27? But, so, Paul says in 24, we're going to keep it in context. Don't just pull a Bible verse out. That's what Satan does. Keep that sucker in context. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. What in the world is this? Oh, but none of these things. Paul says none of these things. See, Paul is, is giving his farewell speech. He's about to go die. It's his time. He knows it's his time. So he's about to go. And he's telling the leaders of the church. He gathered the leaders of the church and he's telling them this. This is his final speech to them. And you think when somebody gives a final speech, they're going to say something they mean. They're going to say something they want left on the forefront of their thoughts. So he says, but, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace. It's the grace of God. Paul's whole ministry that he received from Jesus was to testify to the gospel of grace. There is no other gospel. And Paul even pronounces a curse, a double curse if you preach something different. You know what? Churches are dying around this world because they're not preaching the gospel of grace. And there is a curse on them. It's in the Bible. They don't realize that Jesus took their curse. The Bible says that he took the curse on himself. And so they're in a lie. Satan made it seem like it's still there because they're teaching something different than the grace of God. You see that? All right, so verse 27. This is where we went earlier, right? The whole counsel of God. So 24 was before 27. We're going we're gonna to see a we're gonna see a counsel of God sandwich. We know what the top bread is, the grace of Christ, the grace of God, right? And then you got the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's talking to the leaders to shepherd the church of God. Shepherd. Does a shepherd beat his sheep? No, he feeds them. Amen. Don't go to a church where you feel beat up. Like you the pastor stepped on my toes today. Well, then you better run from that church. I can go to I can go to my workplace and get stepped on. I can walk outside the door and get stepped on. I'm not going to go to church to get stepped on. Amen. You know why? Because Jesus got stepped on for me. There's no condemnation for me. I'm not living right. I don't, man. I mess up. I mess up a lot. Say amen. I'm about as close to perfect as anybody in here. I'm going to tell you that, then. Y'all start judging this brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Savage wolves. Now, I was always taught. That was those grace preachers on TV. They're going to come in like savage wolves, not sparing the flock. They're going to they're going to take them off, pick them off one by one. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. But it's not talking about those guys. It's the opposite. Remember, I told you Satan is a liar. He likes to twist junk. 
Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things. What are they going to be speaking? Perverse things. All right. Uh, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Grace always builds up, always builds up. And I love that it's sandwiched between the word of grace, the gospel of grace, and the word of his grace. And in between there is the counsel of God. The whole counsel of God is the grace of God. God's mind, his purpose was always the grace of God. To give you something you don't deserve. How do I know that? Check out the word for counsel. Stephen found this. It means purpose. The whole purpose of God. The whole purpose of God is the grace of God. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Those guys could eat from any tree in the garden, any tree in the garden, except one. There were two trees in the midst of the garden. One was the tree of life. Jesus, the tree of life was there. They could have eaten all day long from that thing. But they chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the law. Jesus and the law, two trees, always been about God's grace and the law. Always been about a righteousness by faith and earned righteousness, self-righteousness. It's always been that thing. And, and Satan is always attacking people that way. He, he Listen, he, he, if you went shooting birds, I don't shoot birds, but if you went and shot birds and you killed a bird, and one was wounded, and one flew away. Which one are you going to first? The wounded one. Wouldn't you? And so there's a lot of wounded Christians out there. And Satan attacks them. And he doesn't want them to see that they're saved by grace. He doesn't want them to see that grace is a person. He doesn't want them to see that God doesn't look at their sin anymore. He wants them to keep earning it. Because he knows they'll fail. Every time they'll fail. We do. We can't keep the law today. I cussed somebody out on the way to church this morning. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But hey, if if you if you don't get people if you don't get angry at people driving the way they drive over there in that city called Gainesville, if you don't get mad at them, there's something wrong with you. Yesterday we went to Disney and and we were like people were just walking in front of us. They didn't care. They just walked right into us. I'm like, what the? Where are we? I'm about to put my foot up somebody's behind, right? That's what my wife was saying. Hey, check this out. Last couple of verses. Last couple of verses. I always wondered this. I'm like, how many of you guys like to listen to some pastors on tape? By the way, we have a podcast. <laughs> If you want these messages, his message, my, they're on a podcast. That was free. How many of you guys would love to have a sermon by Paul? Like we can read all his stuff. and But what if there was a sermon that he preached? Would you buy that CD? Yeah. 
I asked God, I'm like, God, I would buy that seed. That'd be awesome. God's like, it's in, it's in, it, there is a, a place where he preached in the Bible. I'm like, really, where? Find it. God's like, you find it. Listen, there's only one place in the Bible where Paul preaches. He has a sermon. And I love it. It changed my life. It gave us a vision for our church back in the day. So let me show you. This is Acts chapter 14. Let me show you this. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. Not the church. Not the synagogue of the Jews. And so spoke that a great multitude of the Jews and of the Greeks believed them. Now you got to ask yourself, what in the world did Paul say? What did he spoke? What? What did he say that a whole multitude of Jews and Greeks, Gentiles, believed him? Wouldn't you want to know what he said? Because we should be saying that. If people are going to believe, I want to know what Paul said. So, oh, but, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. See, religion will always do that. Religion will tell you, man, you visited that church. You could have walked out with hope. Hope that God's going to make all things good, no matter what the case is. And then somebody will say, I can't believe you went to that church. You know what they preach at that church? As if you didn't just attend. Right? People always try to poison your mind. You know what? Because they're jealous. They're jealous. All right? And poison the minds of the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. None of that stuff took them back. What were they speaking? Who was bearing witness. The Lord was bearing witness to the word of his grace. He was granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. That's miracles, church. God only bears witness to the words of his grace. If you're preaching words of the law, he doesn't bear witness. Miracles don't come from the law. Miracles only happen by grace. Because the law says you got to earn it to get it. Grace says you can earn it, but I'm going to give it. You see that? God only bears witness to the words of his grace. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. Grace will divide. The Bible doesn't say grace brings people together. You know what it divides? It divides self-righteous people with righteousness by faith people. That's where the church is divided. Satan knows that and he attacks it at every level. Every level. That's why we got to contend for the faith. Contend for the gospel of grace. Amen. Got to contend for it. Now, that doesn't mean our battles are weapons. And your tongue can be a weapon. That means right here, right here, we got to know what we believe. We got to stand fast on the grace of our Lord Jesus. We got to stand there. We can't be swayed up here. We got to know no matter what. I always say, I tell the Eustace all the time, you, you can go and listen to, to, to 10 grace messages and go to another church and hear a law message and forget the ten grace. That's how powerful the flesh is. The flesh always wants to earn it. The flesh always says, let me do it. Grace is hard to understand. Simplest thing in the world, hard to understand because we're in the flesh. That's why smart people can't get it. Right? I used to be brilliant in the church. I was a deacon. I was an interim youth pastor. I spoke at camps. I did all this stuff, man. I was brilliant. And then the Lord opened my eyes. Hey, listen, Paul was brilliant. He, ta he was taught by Gamaliel. 
He was like the doctor of Harvard. I mean, he knew everything. Paul was brilliant. And Paul says, I count it as nothing. It's like poop. It's dung. I gave it all up for the knowledge of Jesus. When you give up religion, you have a knowledge of Jesus. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 4. This is Acts chapter 4. So what did Paul spoke? What did he say, right? How many of you guys know what chapter comes between 414? Tell me. Man, you guys are brilliant. Here it is. This is it right here. This is it, this is it right here. <laughs> educate. I just educate. All right, check this out. Chapter 13. Now, Paul, listen. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch of Pisidia. That, that's modern-day Turkey. They, went to, they were in Turkey, right? And, and, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Paul went into a Jewish synagogue on the Sabbath and sat down. All right? And after the reading of the law, the law and the prophets, because that's what they do at synagogue, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. And Paul's like, didn't he? He's like, really, you're going to give me a mic? I'm like that. If a pastor ever said that to me, I'd be like, when you, you, you'd be like, if somebody gave me an opportunity to speak, I'm going like, to speak. Because I'm going to speak what the Lord says. And that happened to us. You remember I told you guys this story, right? Uh, we went to Alabama, uh, my wife and I, and I was on my way to preach at a Christian youth camp. And uh, we stopped over the house, went to, the, what was it? It was a church of God. They don't have instruments. It was like a bad boys to men concert. <laughs> uh, they called it acapella. I called it call on another fella, right? Because <laughs> that ain't happening. They, I was like, what is this, man? Where's the instruments, man? And, and meanwhile, they're so religious. No, nothing against that religion, right? Everybody's beating, but they don't want instruments. You can beat on your butt, but you can't beat on a drum. That's religion, right? So, so, so we went to that church, and they had a guest speaker. The pastor of that church sat in front of me, right? So, so him and his wife, me and my wife. And I'm like, okay, like. Anyway, the people's house that we were staying in, they hosted a Bible study that night because their church had small groups, and they were coming. And, and and there was like 20 of them coming that night, man. And we were there. We were helping them. And, and we were having fun during the day and everything. And then they came over. And then they went into their Bible study. And and, and I'm sitting there on the couch. Kelly's sitting beside me. And, and and they're talking about they did a video, some video. Um, they watched the video, and then they talked about it. And then they were just talking about all this stuff. And I'm like, Kelly's like, hey, you got to watch your face. And I'm like, what? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to gather all and get, get right with the Lord and everything. And, and then the, the, the owner of the house, chief, they call him chief. That's, it, that's what his grandkids call him, not the church. <laughs> chief, right? That's what his grandkids call him. So uh, we call him chief too. Anyway, he goes, he, goes, he goes, Troy, do you have anything you want to say? I ain't lying. Kelly, tell him. Kelly went. I mean, she's like right here. She's like. 
she's mouthing it as if nobody can read her lips. And she knew, she knew when she looked in my eyes, she went. I said, well, yeah, I do. So the Bible study was like an hour, right? From, say, 7 to 8. No, it was like 6 to 7, right? So the video in the Bible study, by the time I was done, guys, it was 11 o'clock. 11. Listen, you might go, oh, my God, I would have walked out. Listen, people had a chance to walk out. None of them moved. None of them moved. In fact, they stayed and, and they invited me back. And they, were, they wanted to hear these words. They wanted to hear that you can't get right. They wanted to hear that someone made you right. They wanted to hear stop trying and start resting. They, that's, that was the good news. I mean, they stayed and asked questions. And, 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 the, and, the, and Chief, who doesn't open up to anybody, according to his daughter, man, was bawling. It was just me and him outside on his porch. He's bawling his eyes out. You talk about a whole group of people being set free. Now, I don't know what happened to that church, but I know what happened to the church that was there. They were forever changed by the gospel of grace. And so when I read this, I always think about that. And and, and I love the fact that Paul was like, Paul stood up, motioning with his hand like he's Italian. Where's the mic? Where's the mic? Right? Right? Men of Israel. And you who fear God, listen. Now, he goes in. You go home and read this. He goes into the history of Israel, right, up until Jesus, up until the cross. So for the sake of time, we're going to jump to verse 38. He says, therefore, therefore, he just went through the whole history of Israel. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone, everyone who believes is justified from all, you say it, church, all things, all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Come on, that's the good news. Now, there had to be somebody there that said, hey, Paul, 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 come on. You don't know what's going on out here. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know if they're saved. You don't know if they have sin. Did Paul care? Does the gospel care if you have sin? The gospel is out there to give you good news. The gospel knows you have sin. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? You, we are justified from all things. All things. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers marvel and perish. He's talking to the Jewish leaders, church. For I will work a work in your day, a work which you will by no means believe. People that don't see grace, they will not believe it. Even if you tell it to them, even if you show them the scripture. I've tried to show people scripture before. They're like, I know scripture. Listen, church, it's not your job to do it. It's not your job to save people. You may water, you may plant. But you got to know what you believe so that you can be ready in all those opportunities, whatever it is you do. Uh, though you want were to declare it to you. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles, church, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. The Gentiles begged. When's the last time people begged to come back to church? I hear it all the time here. I'm not bragging on me or him. I'm bragging on the fact that we preach the word, the gospel of grace, and people can't wait to come back here. Can you testify to that? Anybody here testify to that? Like you can't wait to hear the good news. It happened. The reason it happens here is because the, the formula is right here. 
Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them what, church? To continue in the grace of God. Not the law of God. They were reading the law of God. The law of God got replaced by the grace of God. And the people got excited. And, and listen, Paul persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Don't tell me there's another gospel. There's not. We proved it with scripture. There's not another gospel. And it says, but when the, the uh, oh, on the next Sabbath, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came. You want to grow a church? This is the formula. Now, the whole city wasn't there. They must have heard something. You know why? Because this message gets people fired up. This message gives people hope. And when you have hope, you give hope. You share hope. When you have depression, when you're, when you're feeling guilty and you, have, and you feel condemned, you don't feel worthy to go out and give hope. That's why when you come to church, man, you better hear the good news. You better be built back up with words of grace so you can go out there and make a difference. Am I yelling? But it's like a coach, right? Like C. Spurrier, right? You're getting a flashback. Dadgummit, Thomas. That's what the religious people did. They left crying. Now, I ain't saying that baby's religious. Don't get me wrong. Don't send an email. I won't reply to it. All right? Listen, so, so, did I, did my hitness thing? Oh. Sorry. I get excited, boy. All right, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came back together to hear the word of God. Notice interchangeable, the grace of God and the word of God. They didn't come back to hear the law. They came back to hear the word of God. And in the context, the word of God is the grace of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, when they saw them, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. It, it, they didn't get jealous until the multitude started going. They were losing memberships. They were losing money. And then they got jealous. But all they had to do was receive the message and do the same thing. People, It was their church that they were flocking back to. We got one more verse. One more verse. Last verse. Uh, drop down 49 it says and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region the word of the Lord the gospel of grace was being spread throughout all the region that's happening right here in Alachua in High Springs in Fort White all you guys are from this area you guys are telling people about this church you're telling them about the message that comes forth of this church and it changes lives how many of you guys are vastly different than you were a year ago uh, uh, six months ago, just by hearing this word, the gospel of grace, the one that Paul preached, the one that Jesus preached. Yeah, man, that's what the word does to you. And now you can't get enough of it. You're not checking a box saying, man, I got to read my Bible more. You're saying, man, I can't wait to read my Bible more. Because when I see Jesus in there like this, I have life. Here's what I want to leave you with. The gospel of grace is the only hope for this world. It's the only hope for this world. Here you go, the only hope. Oh, I'm going to need one of them bad boys. 
there, there is no other hope for this world. And when I say the gospel of grace, I mean the gospel of Jesus. Because grace is a person. His name is Jesus. It's not a book. It's a person. It's not a subject. It's a person. You don't go to Bible school to learn about grace as a subject. It's a person. And man, when you give people hope, that, that's all they're looking for. But man, the gospel of grace is the only hope that they have. Let them know that they're going to mess up, that their past does not determine their future. Amen. My past certainly didn't predict me to be up here on this stage preaching the word of God. I should be dead by now. Honestly, I tried to make that happen. And God saved me from that happening so that I could come up here and preach and testify to the gospel of grace. He should have never made it out of his neighborhood. If you, if you want to hear a testimony, hear his testimony. Powerful. How God brought He wasn't even saved in college. That's why when you go back and watch him hitting some of them people on the football field, you're like, that cat can't know Jesus. He's trying to kill him. He was saved. It was your senior year of college. Senior year of college. You know how hard that is? To be saved? There's statistics that say that just can't happen. You don't get them early. Let me tell you something. Don't pay attention to that. Pay attention to what God says. God loves people. Amen? This young lady over here, I baptized her two years ago. Two years ago. Don't give up on people. Don't judge people. This message will change lives. And I encourage you guys to do. Holy moly. Praise the Lord. Hey, stand up with me and give Jesus a shot of praise. He is worthy. He is worthy, but he wants you to know you are worthy too. When you leave this place, he's not looking at you based on what you do. He's looking at you based on what his son did. And go out there and make a difference. Don't let the enemy get in your head and say you can't talk to somebody because they know you. <laughs> that would disqualify me in my own home. Amen? You go out there and make a difference. Show them we're not hypocrites. We mess up. We mess up all the time. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love me anymore. You can't out your forgiveness. Always remember that. You want to make a difference? Take hope out there in that world. Take hope out there. It's the only thing that's going to change them. The gospel of grace. Amen? Uh, a couple things. If you're visiting this church, this is what we do, who we believe. This is about how long it goes. How, how long do you guys think it felt like four hours in here? Don't answer that. Are you learning? Are you growing in grace? That's the most important thing, amen? I want you guys to know this is who we are, man. If you, if you want to be a part of this, we'd love to have you. Just fill out a piece of paper. Let us know that that's what you want to do. You want to be a part of this church. We're a growing church. We got your elders and your pastors are making plans for our next step. We're making plans. We're resting and waiting for the plans, amen? And uh, that, if you want to be a part of it, man, we'd love to have you. If you have a prayer request, man, I'm here. I'll pray with you afterwards. Pastor Dwayne will pray with you afterwards. There's other people in here. Every one of you guys are qualified, but if you want a pastor to pray over you, an elder, we will do it. Don't leave. We'll go in that room back there and do it. Amen? Don't leave if you have a prayer request. Please let us do that. We're just going to point you to Jesus, remind you of who you are and who he is. If you do not know Jesus, maybe you thought you knew Jesus. Maybe you thought growing up you had an idea of who Jesus was, but now you see who he really is, that he loves you, that, that, that there's nothing that can stop his love from coming upon you. If you want to uh, 
to come and give your life to him. Or we can lead you in a prayer. Simple prayer. Simple prayer. Doesn't take but two minutes. You're like, you're cheaping it. No, that's what you, even if you read it in the Bible, it'd take three seconds. Don't let religion jack it up. And God made it simple. Amen. If that's you, the same thing. We'd love to lead you in that prayer. There's no confessing sins in that prayer to be saved. I'm sorry. But that's what the Bible says. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'll pray that with you, man. I'd love to. There's plenty of people that would like to do that. But right now is my favorite part of the service. Pastor Dwayne's going to come up. He's going to bless you on your way out, man. You know what's different about this church? How many times have you been to a church where somebody's blessed you on your way out? Blessed you. And God speaks through him, gives him his word, speaks through him. All you got to do, guys, is say amen. I receive it. Let it be to me as he says it. He's not going to come up here and pronounce curses on you. He's pronouncing blessings on you. Amen. Blessings that are found in God's word. Amen. amen. All we got to do is receive them, church. Just receive them. Say amen. That's the only way. Faith takes. Faith takes. Amen. amen. Come on, Pastor. I'm excited about that. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet with me, church. Let us assume the position of receiving the blessing of God. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. It's such an honor and a privilege, God, to come into your presence, Lord. We thank you for being amongst your people today. Thank you, God, for your word, Lord, that has just blessed our lives today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is truth. God, we thank you for pouring that out in us today, God. We thank you that we can come into this place and leave this place uh, better, Father. We can be strengthened, be edified, encouraged, Father, built up, equipped, God, to do the work of the ministry, Lord. And that's what you called us to, Father. And that you've done, that's what you have done in our hearts today, God. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the grace of God. We thank you for the whole counsel of God that's wrapped up in your grace, Father. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of, gospel of grace, which your word says is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. We thank you, God, for arming us and equipping us with that truth, Father. Your word says it's the truth that makes us free, the truth that we know. We thank you for revealing yourself and revealing your truth, Lord. Thank you for continuing to pour out upon us knowledge and wisdom and understanding from on high. Thank you, Lord, for continuing to remove the scales from the eyes of your people and helping us to see you for who you really are and for helping us to see us the way that you see us. We bless you, Lord, today, and I bless your people. I speak life over them, Lord, every area of their lives, God. Father, I speak life. I speak healing. I speak victory, Father. We say thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name that the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.